Brothers and sisters, family of God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, today is Good Friday and I am altogether insufficient to explain or put forward the greatness of God in flesh having laid down his life for the forgiveness of sins for all who would believe, except for the power of the Holy Spirit who lives and reigns and moves in the souls of men, women, and children to awaken their hearts and draw them unto the Father through the Son. And by his living and active word, which is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce and lay bare our souls. And so with that hope, today we proclaim Jesus Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins. And in doing so, I hope today that we will more fully understand the gravity, depth, and richness of the cross of Christ through a biblical theology of sin and sacrifice and reconciliation because it is the narrative of scripture that finds the pinnacle in the cross, all of it pointing to and back to when God would take on flesh and give his life for the salvation of souls. And so the four tables of reconciliation that I want to look at today is the Passover table. And then we'll get to the Last Supper table, the table of the Lord's Supper for the church, and finally, the table of the wedding feast of the Lamb. Before we walk through those tables to understand this sin, sacrifice, and reconciliation, we have to go all the way to the beginning. And so here, in the garden, where Adam and Eve, God's beloved, dwelt with him in perfect union, perfect fellowship, with no separation between God and man until sin entered in. As Adam and Eve partook of the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, took it, and as such, sin entered into them and thus all their progeny for all the millennium that every single person who would ever breathe would have sin within. And God, in seeing that, rather than pouring out his wrath, where there was no table because there was no need for fellowship, it was there in place. So before there even was a table, rather than wrath, he gave love. But the love that he gave came through a sacrifice. An animal that was slain, as they were hiding in the shame of their sin, that animal slain for a physical covering, but much more so for a spiritual covering. The wrath of God poured out on that sacrifice. It says in Genesis 3.21, and the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. And we know then for hundreds and hundreds of years as mankind would continue and God would call the Israelites to become a people and then they were found in the land of bondage as the Bible says in Egypt. For 430 years, they would remain in bondage, crying out to the Lord as slaves. And then the Lord would say to Moses, I'm giving you the table of the Passover. And so now from Exodus chapter 12, tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. Your lamb 
shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you. The blood shall be a sign for you. On the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. We're told later in verse 21, go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lentil, the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. The Lord commanded the people of Israel there in captivity, enslaved, for all of those years to take a lamb that had dwelt among them for those days that they would have grown endeared to and to slaughter it. And with the blood in the basin to then take a branch of hyssop and to put it across the lintels of the door and across it, which would have made the symbol of a cross, a blood covering. They would have partaken of the lamb, personally partaking of the lamb and then there being a blood covering over where they lived, where they would reside. It says that this lamb was to be spotless, without blemish. It was to be a male. And later we would see in Exodus that not a bone was to be broken, which would find a prophecy again in Psalm 22. I can count my bones, not one of them is broken. And then again we would see at the cross, as the Roman soldiers went to break the legs of the thieves, Jesus had already given up his spirit and was dead, and thus they did not break his bones. All of this pointing to the cross of Jesus Christ. And they were to do it in haste, because they were in slavery, and at the moment of death, they would leave. In the death, under bondage, they would go free, and to do so in haste, because the wrath of God was going to be poured out, but because of the blood, the wrath would pass over them. So the animal in the garden pointing to the cross, now here we have the Passover instituted for the people of God pointing to the cross. It was a type, it was an image, it was a mirror reflecting forward to the cross. And from this Passover table with the lamb came freedom. Wrath of God, a blood covering begat freedom. This tangible reminder but it was a foreshadowing. And then we find ourselves at the next table, from the Passover table, now we find Jesus at the Last Supper table in Luke 22. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. 
And he said to them, Jesus said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. There they are gathering, commemorating the Passover that the Lord had instituted. You have, in 1 Corinthians 5, Paul writes, Christ, our Passover lamb. Here you have, at the Last Supper, the Passover lamb incarnate, Jesus Christ, having and partaking of the Passover. And so as he says, I have longed to partake of this Passover of all the Passovers through all the thousands of years that had taken place, here Jesus is and he had longed God in flesh to take this particular one, he says, before I suffer, telling them in moments, in hours, this Passover lamb is going to the cross to find fulfillment in what Genesis was pointing to, Exodus was pointing to, what I'm now telling you, I will go to as I prepare to suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. That's a point to the fourth table. And he took a cup, and we in a given thanks said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant, not the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, that the law declaring the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man, now he says, this body broken, blood shed, this cup is poured out, it's my blood in the new covenant covenant because a covenant required a death and blood shed. But behold, the hand of him betrays me, is with me on the table. For the son of man goes that has been determined, but woe to that man to wh by whom he is betrayed. And so here we have the Passover lamb conducting the Passover with his apostles and he's saying, do this now in remembrance of me. Old things have passed away, the new has come. He says, this is the new covenant and I've longed to partake of it before I suffer, pointing again to the cross, just like the garden, just like the Passover table. Now at the last supper table, he's pointing to the cross where he would soon go. And he says, the new covenant, the new covenant from Ezekiel 36 and Jeremiah 31, where the Lord, by the Spirit, through the prophets, says, I will make a new covenant with my people, and I will pour out my spirit upon them. I will take away their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in them and move them to follow my decrees, no longer according to a written law, but the law written upon their hearts. And he says, I will be their God and they will be my people and I will remember their sins no more. When the apostles heard the word new covenant, all of that would have flooded to their mind as they're beholding at this table the Passover lamb. Why John the Baptist, at Christ's appearing, declares by the Spirit, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the Lamb of God, from the Lamb or the animal that was slain in the garden to all of the Passover lambs, now God in flesh the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And it is why Good Friday is because good 
Because apart from that, God's wrath would have fallen upon us apart from partaking of the lamb and the blood covering, the atonement, so that the wrath of God might pass over because of Jesus. But even this, at the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, at his table, was just pointing to the cross. And there is no way to get from this table to that table, from the Last Supper to the Lord's table, apart from the cross. And so after he gives that last supper and institutes the new covenant, it says that they sang a hymn. Matthew records in chapter 26 that they sang a hymn. And we know from Jewish tradition that what they sang was called the Egyptian Hallel, the song of praise from the land of Egypt or bondage. It's Psalm 113 through 118. And I want to read to you now some from Psalm 118 because it's incredible to think about Jesus there receiving praise from his apostles as the Lamb of God. In verse 19, open to me the gates of righteousness that I might enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. They're singing this in Jesus' hearing. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The fulfillment of the new covenant, the Christ having come and laying down his life for our salvation. Save us, we pray, O Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. The light of man, Jesus in the flesh. And so he goes to the cross. He goes to the garden to pray, sweats blood, is betrayed by Judas, led astray by the Roman soldiers, taken before Caiaphas and the high priest and the courts, then Pilate, as he is there, he is spit upon, struck, taken of his clothes. They put a, the Roman soldiers put a robe around him, a crown of thorns, put a reed in his hand, and fall down in mockery. Hail, king of the Jews! Take the reed from his hand and strike him, embedding those thorns into his skull and then put a cross upon him, having whipped him and stripped him and lead him to Golgotha, the place of the skull, where he would be nailed to a cross through his hands and feet, but not a bone broken, just as the Passover table would tell us in Psalm 22, raised up as the serpent was raised in the desert that whoever would look upon him would not perish. And there he was, for the forgiveness of sins, the Lamb of God sacrificed, poured out in the new covenant. But the only way, the only way to get to that next table would only be through the cross. It had now had its fulfillment in Jesus' obedience, where he says in Hebrews 10, sacrifice an offering you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me, his body broken and blood shed. And so by faith, through Jesus Christ, that whoever confesses with their mouth Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart God raised him from the dead will be saved. And so by faith in the Lamb of God slain for us, we now can be reconciled to God from our sin, 
given the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, now here at the Lord's Supper, the table of the Lord's Supper. If you've been with us on Sundays, you know that we have been in 1 Corinthians. And so today, out of sequence, we're doing 1 Corinthians 11 right now because it is a passage of the table of the Lord's Supper for the church. And here's what it says in verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The scriptures make clear that apart from the cross of Christ, apart from placing your faith in Jesus, we stand condemned. We are enemies of God, children of wrath, aliens and strangers separated from the promises of God, but that if we place our faith in Jesus, no longer enemies, but rather adopted sons and daughters seated at the Lord's Supper at his table, reconciled to the Father through the Son, now indwelt by the Spirit, and we have fellowship again with our Creator because of the Son. This is the promise of the cross of Christ. And so as the garden pointed to the cross, the Passover table pointing to the cross, the Last Supper pointing to the cross, now here we are at the Lord's table, the Lord's Supper, and it's all, as it says, in remembrance of me, pointing back to the cross. As it says, we proclaim the Lord's death every time we partake of it. Proclaiming his death to the world, the watching world, and anyone who would come and listen, that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that you might be reconciled to God, forgiven and set free as the wrath of God is laid upon Jesus, that you might walk out of bondage to sin. The perfect substitutionary atonement, being fully God and fully man, Fully God that he might satisfy the wrath of God living in perfection and fully man that he might be the substitute, a one-for-one -one exchange, man's life for mankind's life. He took on flesh as the substitutionary atonement that we would go free, this Jesus upon the cross. But it concludes with, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes which implicit there is the resurrection and explicit is the second coming of Christ. That he is no longer on the cross and there will be a day of a fourth table. And that fourth table is the table of the wedding feast of the lamb. For all who have trusted in Jesus Christ will be seated at that table having spent our earthly lives at this table proclaiming the Lord's death one day at the wedding feast of the Lamb from Revelation 19. Then what I heard to seem to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. 
For the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Reconciled to the father, through the Son, with all of scriptures pointing to the cross or this side back to the cross, that God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, our words fail us. There are no words adequate to thank you from rescuing us from sin, death, Satan, and hell forevermore. As we too once were in bondage of slavery to sin, the perfect lamb of God was crushed, his body broken, blood shed, that for anyone who would partake of the lamb of God and be covered by his blood, could walk out in freedom, reconciled to you. And now the church, partaking of this ordinance, the Lord's Supper, proclaiming his death until he comes. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.